Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm joined by Kevin Friesen, my fabulous, handsome co-host. How's it going, Kev? Hello. Yeah, good, Brandy. How are you? How are you going? Really good. (laughs) Really good. I'm sad that you came back to Canada for a month and I didn't even get to see you. And now you're back in Oz again. I know it's a little bit crazy. I don't even know where I am half the time anymore, but I know that every Monday at five o'clock we're here together. So I'm excited about that. That's all that matters. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> uh, so, Kev, we got a really cool guest on today. He was actually a guest on our show before at our first season, but he was spending a little bit more time talking about kind of his life and his past. And today we're going to talk about his current status and his future and some of the really cool projects he's working on. Uh, do you remember Shanann when we were talking to him way back when? Yeah, and an amazing story and um, incredible just passion for for helping people pursue their dreams and, and get their, what, what, what would you say, their thoughts on track, their, uh, how would you say that? Yeah, um, I would say to help them, you know, discover their clarity of mind so they can get their own insights and they can make their own decisions, which are, you know, effective and sustainable because yeah. there's so much information out there today. So it's it's hard to decipher from everything. So I like to get people grounded in themselves so they can make their own decisions. In life. Cool. So Brandy, that is Shanann. You want to introduce him? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I think, Shanann, could you tell everyone a little bit about your history again? Just kind of refresh everybody on what, what uh, we talked about last time, just so that if they didn't hear that show, uh, they kind of know who you are and what you're all about. And then we'll jump into what you're currently working on. Yeah, sure. Um, it's it's a funny question because every time I talk about it, I see it differently. So it kind of changes in degree or two or ten. Because <laughs> yeah. our perspectives are always changing, right? So um, where do I start? Well, I was born in Kenya and I moved to Vancouver, BC with my family about 24 years ago now. Um, and when I came here, I was, you know, different. It was 93. So I was different, dressed different, talked different. I looked different. My skin color was a little bit um not the most popular in the school at those days. Now it's the other mm-hmm. way around almost. <laughs> um, so I got bullied a lot in school. And when I got bullied lots, I did not know exactly how to deal with it because every single adult or friends, parents, or my parents, or whoever I talked to just kind of said, that's part of the school system. That's part of life. You'll go through it. Everyone goes through it. And it didn't quite register to me because to me it was like, are you telling me I have to get dressed every morning and go get bullied? Because that's how I translated it. And it just did not, you know, fit in. So um, that was grade six and seven. And by eight, I was in a place where I just really could not align myself with the school uh, system, align myself with what I was experiencing there. And so I started skipping a lot. And long story short, by grade 10, I got really, really into you know, skipping school and hanging out with people that are skipping school and got into um, drug-related experiences. And by grade 10, I was into selling drugs and doing drugs, and I dropped out into grade 10 because, you know, there was really no point 
that I see in going to school. Uh, now, one of the biggest factors there I see and really sticks out to me that when people were asking me to, you know, adults, principals, teachers, whatever that is, were asking me to stay in school, it was always about stay in school or else you won't be successful or else you won't be, you know, where you want to be or else this. So it was more about trying to scare me into staying in school instead of stay in school so this can you can do this with your life or you can find out your passion or you can discover your purpose. It was more like if you don't, then you won't be successful. And to me, it really just meant you know, back then my, my, my definition of success was money. Right? I had this underlying belief that success equaled money. And traditionally, I think everyone had that. About 20 years ago, it started changing. And um, when I heard that, I was like, oh, so you mean I won't have money? So it, it kind of pushed me into the drug-related world. And I started selling drugs and making money. And I went, ha-ha, I'm making money. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so I, I really didn't like that approach. I did not fit in with that approach. It didn't pull me back into school. It pushed me away. Um, and like I said, I dropped out in grade 10. I didn't see anything there for me. And I got deeper and deeper into that world. So I spent about 10 years of my life in a gang-related, drug-related world. Um, until about 25, 26, when a few incidents happened that kind of woke me up. You know, my best friend passed away. He got shot. And that really threw me into a depression. Um, and then my parents' house was shot up. That really woke me up. So at that point, I was like, okay, I need to do something with my one and only life I have because this is, um, this is not how I, what I came here to do. You know? And my poor parents had to experience me in that state, bring that to their door. So after that, I started getting odd jobs here and there. I really didn't adjust to it well because I came from a life that was non-conformative, if you want to call it that. But I made my way through, and, and uh, around 26, 27 years old, um, I wanted to get a business. So we looked at getting a Tim Hortons business, which is a coffee shop here in Canada. There's you know, thousands of them, about 4,000, I think, now. And it's the number one company in Canada. It's a cash cow. And again, when I switched my lives from that gang-related world to doing something civilized and less risky, um, what I didn't notice that my beliefs didn't change. My belief still was success equaled money. Hence, I wanted to get a coffee shop because I have absolutely no passion to serve coffee over and over again every day. Uh, and so we went and got a Tim Hortons and I worked at the Tim Hortons. I worked all the positions. I went and put on a hairnet and served coffee. I, I baked midnight shifts. I did the night supervisor, morning supervisor, became assistant manager, manager. And then they approved us for a restaurant. So when I got approved for the restaurant, we opened in 2011, and about a year and a half in, I discovered that that's not something I want to do. But I really couldn't translate it. There was something going on inside of me that said, um, I'm here, I thought I wanted this, I've got a Tim Hortons, it's going to make a lot of money, it's going to set up my success for the future. And, and I used to go home every night just thinking, there's something missing, and I don't know what it is. And that's when I finally realized that I might just have it wrong of how life works. <laughs> and that's when I started to look within and started to go inwards instead of decorating my external world, thinking it's going to bring me fulfillment everywhere. Um, so I got into personal development at that stage. And after some really 
mental and emotional battles, I decided to give up the Tim Hortons in 2013, which was a completely one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. Uh, but it felt really, really good and really right because it felt like I was buying my life back just by giving that place up. And I took some time off. I hired some coaches. I, I got really grounded and centered a lot more than I was. And then I started to really get into in touch with what I wanted to do. Um, and that it emerged that I wanted to help people because coming from my own experience, I looked back in those times and reflected back to, you know, what, what if somebody had somebody like me when I was younger? You know, I probably would have been on a different path. I probably wouldn't have gone astray so much. And I'm very lucky I did not end up in jail or dead, which a lot of my friends did. So I wanted to be that person for the people going forward. And I found it extremely fulfilling to be there for somebody and help them align themselves with their own values and not listen to the beliefs and values that, that's been imposed on them by society and school and, you know, the culture that we grew up in, the parents that we have. And all of them have great intentions and they do it with, with, with um, their love, but it's not always helpful because our values and our beliefs are ours and theirs are theirs. So I really wanted to help people get in touch with themselves and align themselves to their own purposes uh, so they can live a life that's fulfilling and they can live a life that's coming from a place of love and not fear. And and that's how I got into coaching. So that was about 2014. So I've been doing that for about three years now. I, I really like how you said that, coming from a place of love instead of fear. Um, I, I just, I, I would love, could you delve into that a little bit more? Um, like people are used do you say that some people are living their life in fear, like expectations of everything they're afraid of? Like, how does that work? Where, where, where is that? I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so how I see it is, um, I think we in the Western world um, live in a culture that's promoting fear, whether intentionally, unintentionally, innocently, underlying. You know, it's all about if you don't do this, then you won't have this. Or to look good, you need this. Or you need this new toothpaste or this new razor because that'll get you to this uh, made-up version of what you're supposed to be and look like. And all of that, to me, just indicates that it's coming from a place of um, fearing people into a place of, of a direction. Whereas something that comes from love would be more like, for me, would be more like, okay, if you, if you explore what you're really passionate about, then you could see a possibility inside of it. So you could see something that emerges from that, that could possibly help others, that could possibly um, lead you to a fulfilling lifestyle for yourself, that could be comfortable for your family, your community, your contribution will be bigger your leadership will be greater. And that only comes from a place of love, right? You can't you can't scare somebody into being a leader. You can't scare somebody into contributing. Yeah. Right? So that's the main difference that I see is that, because I look at it as there's only two motivating forces in the world. Like I think John Lennon said it, mm. one's fear and one's love. Mm. And everything comes out of one or the other. Yeah. Right? So if there's anger or stress or insecurity, that's all coming from a place of fear. And if there's compassion and empathy and 
kindness, that's all coming from a place of love. Yeah. So the, at the fundamental level, there's like two paths. And even more fundamental than that, I look at love as the only path. And fear is really just an absence of love. So, okay, we, um, I love it. Uh, Thanks for giving everyone kind of a little rundown on who you are and your background. We have to go to commercial break, but as soon as we get back, I want to hear about what you're talking about now and what you're really passionate about at the moment, because I think that's really going to resonate with some of our listeners. Um, And then I want to talk a little bit more about where love and fear and all that come into play when it has to do with your thoughts, because I know that's a big topic that we're going to touch on today. Uh, So we'll be back uh, after this commercial break, everyone. We'll see you soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey you. Yeah you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, I'm really excited because we're uh, talking to Shanann again, and he's going to start to tell us a little bit about what his uh, current kind of mission in life is. He's been helping people for a few years. He kind of explained his story and his background to you, and now he's on a path to really help enlighten people and help them 
find fulfillment in their lives and in their relationships and just every area. But he's been working on something kind of unique for the last couple of years. It's been something around since, what, 1915? Was it Prentice that started all of this idea of thoughts or things? Or or where did that all start? Around thoughts? Um, I've been in it for about two years, but really it's... I discovered it as... Um, a model of the mind that's that's kind of around the three principles, they call it. So mind, consciousness, and thought, which mm-hmm. was discovered about 40 years ago by a man named Sidney Banks who lived here in Salt Spring Island. Oh, okay. So he articulated this. But what he's talking about has been around for ages. So when you really look back into Eastern philosophy, Eastern culture, Eastern tradition, they're all talking about this truth that's already inside of us and how the nature of thought really affects us. So that really got me interested, and, you know, that that's kind of the direction I'm in. Okay, very cool. So I've, I, you, I've heard a lot of quotes about thoughts or things and what you think is who you are, and then I hear contradictions to that. What you think is not who you are, it's just a thought that you can dismiss or hold on to. Yeah. I just find it very interesting because I, my whole life, until I started talking to people about this concept, was whatever I think in my head is who I am. If I think a negative thought about someone walking by, I must be a negative, judgmental person. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's not true. It's just that we have this instinct in us, whether it's developed over a long time, to, to be critical of things for a certain survival need, or if it's just society that makes us be critical of things because we have an expectation of beauty and success and things like that, like you talked about. So it's very interesting that you can take a thought that comes into your head that's just something random of neurons firing from your life experience and say, hey, this isn't me. I don't agree with that thought. It's just something that floated around in my brain, and let me throw it away. Is that kind of the idea of it? Um, yes, and I would even say a little bit further than that is that how I'm seeing thought, and you know, everyone has their different understanding of it because we, we're kind of looking at thought using thought, so it's a really hard thing to do. It's kind of like trying to bite your teeth with your teeth. Yes. <laughs> and so how I'm seeing thought is that it, it is just a spiritual energy, if you want to call it that. Mm. It's not something that we generate. Like I, can't, I don't know what I'm going to think five minutes from now, let alone five years from now. Yes. Right? And so when, when we look at it, so this is just a model of the mind that's kind of gives you an, um, an idea of what the fundamental truth is behind it, whereas everything I've seen that's, that's um, aside from this has been about intervention and, and changing your thoughts. Mm-hmm. The truth that I've seen in my own experience is that I can't actually change my thoughts. Okay. Right? And you can probably in the moment, but mm-hmm. then to manage them and maintain them. And soon enough, if you do that enough or, uh, or uh, yeah, enough times, then I might have to quit my day job because the studies show that I get about 50,000 thoughts a day. Wow. So manage all of them. It's going to be a full-time job. So the idea behind changing your thoughts implies to me that you are we are classifying our thoughts. Some are negative and some are positive. Some are good and some are bad. I want the good ones. I don't want the bad ones and so forth. And that gives us this direction that, um, you know, we only want the good thoughts. So we're going to try and manage our lives from that direction. The issue with that is that number one, we can't manage our thoughts. We don't know what we're going to think five minutes from now. Number two, 
thoughts are just thoughts. They're not good or bad. It's us that classify them, either good or bad, positive or negative, uh, and so forth. Mm. And, and another really good point to make here, an important point, I should say, is that our thoughts create the feelings that we have, right? So I can't feel angry without thinking about something that angers me or frustrates me. If I think mm-hmm. about something that frustrates me long enough, uh, it'll turn into anger. Mm-hmm. Think about something that I'm really scared of, then I'll be in a fearful state of mind. I'll feel fear. And it doesn't matter if I'm at the beach or anywhere else. If I'm thinking fearful thoughts, well, there I go. I'm going to start feeling fearful. Yeah. So same with stress and insecurity, jealousy, guilt, all of that. So feelings are just a um, different side of the coin of the same coin. So thoughts and feelings are the same. Now, the really cool part and the very helpful part about this is that when, when we look at thoughts as what they are, so there's how I like to separate it is there's thought, which is just an energy, and then there's thinking. Because when a thought enters me, now I have a choice on how I can react to it. Right? So... If we really slow down and look at things, we're not actually reacting to people and things. We're reacting to our thinking about the people and things. Right? So if I can see that for myself and I've seen when I when I discover this, I can go back into my own life and see that. Mm-hmm. And, and what I discover is that if I'm reacting to my thinking, well, that, that means that has nothing to do with the person, place or thing in front of me. And I have a choice on how I react to my thinking. Okay. Right? Um, So my reactions can go, uh, either I can classify them, either I can take them as, you know, positive or negative, either I can, and if I do that, then I'm going to try and change them, right? Because we all want positive thoughts all day. The second thing is, that's been really helpful, is to actually look at thoughts as, as exactly what they are, thoughts. And they're not actually real, Right? Unless we start to believe in them, and when we believe the thoughts, then we're going to start acting on these thoughts, and then we can bring it into our physical world. So I'll give you an example. Um, I have a neighbor that has a dog that always craps in my garden. Uh, Okay. Now, I'm into gardening. I like gardening. (laughs) That pisses me off. But here's the thing. I have these vicious thoughts because I'm like, oh, my God, I can't uh, understand why he's doing this. And I, I want to do something, right? I want to say something. I want to react. But because I can understand that it's just the thought that I'm reacting to, it's not the poor dog. It's not the, it, it could be the neighbor, but it's really not the neighbor or the dog. It's my thoughts about them. Then I have a choice. And I'm giving you this exaggerated example because... I did not act on my thought, therefore nothing has happened. And and the thought fades. Because if we look at our own life, like if you look at the nature of thought, it is that the nature of thought is that it fades. It never sticks around. The only way and the only reason it sticks around is if we hold on to it. Right? So if I have a fearful thought and I'm going to go, oh my God, I'm really scared of that. Oh, what's what's going to happen after that? And then I'm starting to build on that. So I'm I'm essentially trying to grab that thought and shape it and hang on to it. And that's going to create feelings and those are going to stay with me. Mm. That only happens when we don't understand how it works. Right. And once we understand how the nature of thought works, 
we can become more of an observer instead of a reactor. And when that happens, you see them fade quicker and quicker. Right? Now, another, another important point about thought is that we live in a thought-created world. Because mm-hmm. if you look at everything that's made in the world, it came from a single thought. Right? It yeah. came from an idea. Everything that's bad or good or evil or godly or whatever you want to call it, it all came from thought. Mm-hmm. And that's a wonderful thing because it tells us that it's a gift that we can create our life with. Yes. But the confusion happens when people don't understand the nature of thought and they think that their experience is coming from outside of them, not from the thoughts that they have about the things outside of them. Therefore, they act on their thoughts, and that's how the physical reality is created. So, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know, have people studied how our brain creates thoughts? Like, what, where it comes from? Like, I'd love to, I, I went to psychology in university, but that was quite some time ago. And I'm trying to remember exactly what part of the, I know it's, I think it's like the amygdala or something that creates emotions and all that, but what part actually creates the 50,000 or so thoughts that you mentioned in a day? I'm, I'm really curious to, to find out. I mean, we're all still trying to figure out how the human brain works for sure, but uh, it's just interesting to think of where our thoughts actually come from and then how we can, I don't know, I don't know. It's interesting. It's, it's yeah. It makes my mind spin. <laughs> I know. I, I, it can be a spinner, I, and I think I know what you mean. Um, but to be really honest, I, I don't know where they come from, and I don't think that we as human beings will find out where they come from ever. Mm-hmm. And I also don't think that it's relevant because mm. for me personally, I just want to know which ones are the useful ones and which ones are the useless ones. Yeah. Therefore, I can you know, start creating my life from the useful thoughts that I get. So I want to be really good at deciphering which thoughts I want to use and act on them and bring them into my physical reality. Interesting. What about, we have to go to commercial in just a second, but I was thinking about keeping like a, you know how some people wake up in the morning and they write down their dreams. It would be interesting if you had like a little black book in your pocket and every time you had a a negative thought or a positive thought, what you perceived as a negative or a positive thought, you wrote that down. I'm wondering if maybe I should try that for a month and (laughs) and then we can talk after. But we got to run to commercial break. We'll be back in a couple minutes, everyone, to hear more about thoughts. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. 
I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. All right. So we've got a little bit about thoughts, a little about Shanann's life. Uh, so, Shanann, do you consider yourself a, a, a life coach or a thought coach or what's your title? Do you have a title? What do you think? Yeah, what do I think? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question, and I really don't have a title. You can call me life coach. I Some people do. I like to... I, you know, sometimes I say that I like to help people create more passion in their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I say I like to help people get more grounded in their lives. But really, it's just about helping them explore themselves more so they can rely less on anything external from them. So talking right. about exploring yourself, I had mentioned just a little bit before the break, what if, what if I took a little black book and I, I, every time I had a thought... And not just like, oh, I'm hungry or I'm thirsty or I have to go to the bathroom, but an actual thought like, oh, you know, I'm really not enjoying this or something like that. Like something that actually made me feel a type of way. Um, And I wrote it down over the course of a month. Do you think that might help me kind of analyze where some of my thoughts are coming from, where they might go? And is that a technique that you've used with people that you coach? Yeah. So it's a good question. And um, from what I understand, it's it's actually might make it worse if you do that. You know, ah. it, it might make your life experience a little more heavy, a little more uh, disrupted, a little more distorted. And the reason I say that is because thought is not something that we can interject or intervene or um, use techniques and tools to try and manage them. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we try that all day and for years. But to really get a sustainable understanding of it is to simply look in the direction of it and try and understand how it works. And my experience is that the more I understand how the role of thought or the nature of thought works, it starts to automatically um, give you the implications that you're looking for. So, for example, to your question, if you would write positive or negative thoughts and would that help, uh, what I hear when you say that is like, we're classifying it already, and what most of us do, if not, you know, all of us at some point, I know I do this still, is that 
when we're getting a low mood, like a stressful experience or fearful or, or, or uh, whatever it is, just a low mood that we're feeling, most of us will try and change that. Hmm. And the problem with that is that when you try to change it, you're messing around with a system that's already perfect. Because the system is that sometimes you get thoughts that will make you feel low and sometimes you get thoughts that make you feel joyful and excited and happy. And, and I ask this question to my clients when they say, oh, I really don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel stressful. I don't want to feel fearful. And I tell them, well, have you ever tried to change your happy thoughts? Right? Like when, you get, when I'm happy, I don't go, oh, my God, I, I got to change this. It's not good. <laughs> and the reason we don't do that is obviously first because it feels good. But second, the important thing to notice around that is that when we don't mess around with it, mm-hmm. we experience the joy. And then it leaves on its own accord, right? It yeah. leaves, it fades when it just fades. When we're experiencing low moods and we try to mess around with it, trying to change it, trying to run away with from it, trying to numb it, right? That's a that like my ten years of spending in a gang-related world, I could relate it to me reacting to my thoughts every day and not knowing, and that's why I went into that world and numbed myself. If yeah. I could know that, oh, I'm just experiencing thought it fades if I don't mess around with it, then it actually fades quicker because we all have this resilient system inside of us that's default to start with. And so if you leave your thoughts alone, they will fade and a self-correcting mechanism will come back and center us, right? And that's where um, the gold is, if you want to call it, because the more we understand that, the more we can be less scared of it. Because the only reason we want to kind of change our thoughts or feelings is because we're scared of them, right? Oh, I don't, I don't want to feel really depressed and anxiety because it might lead to psychological damage and that might mean this and that might mean that. But when we can see that it's just an anxious thought, it will leave if you don't mess around with it, um, then it leaves. But when we try to make it leave, it stays. And then we try to make it leave more so it stays more and it backs up the system and now we are in anxiety and taking pills for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's interesting that you you were mentioning that. I'm I'm just you're kind of reminding me of certain thoughts that I've had over my life, and I, I can think back of one example. I'm a very happy, positive person. I consistently, uh, probably out of fifty thousand, say we all have fifty thousand thoughts a day. I'd say forty five thousand of those are really happy mushy gushy ooey gooey unicorns lollipops and sunshine uh, that come to me like I remember sitting on a balcony at the ocean having dinner with a friend when I was a teenager and I was staring at the sunset and I was just like oh thinking all these beautiful happy thoughts and la 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 and I said to my friend I'm like oh turn around because she had her back to the beach I said oh turn around you got to watch the sunset and she went like this Ah, that's nice and then just right back into the conversation and and for me it felt like she was missing out on this huge beautiful glorious moment and I get all these happy thoughts so uh, what, what is your take on cer- certain people are naturally more adept at having really happy thoughts just automatically come from their happy brain and then there's other people that don't really get all those they're kind of on an even keel and then on the flip side there's people that struggle with anxiety and depression and things like that and and they're probably having 40,000 negative thoughts as opposed to 10,000 positive thoughts um how do you how do you address people on those different levels to to 
balance out those thoughts or, or should we even try? Yeah. Uh, again, good question and a common one that I get. Um, and, and what I hear when I hear that is how do I change my thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. So the first part of your question is, is some people get negative and some people get positive. The truth, what I see, and as far as or deep as I understand, is that we're all experiencing our reality, reality that's created by thought. So whatever thinking that's going on um, in my head is what I'm going to experience. For example, before this call, I was really feeling this nervousness. Mm. But because of this understanding, I can know, oh, I'm feeling nervousness because I might be thinking something nervous. Mm-hmm. Or it would be like, oh my God, it's ner- I'm nervous. What, what am I going to say? How it's going to go? And now it's like, you know what? It's That's how thought works. If you leave it alone, it will self-correct. And sure enough, it did as as those thoughts left and more came in. Yeah. So um, also another part to, to, to your question is that we do all have filters, right? So I've grown up in a different environment and been taught different things by different people than you have. So we have filters of how we translate those thoughts or we how, we how we interpret thoughts that come in. We might relate it to the past. We might relate it to a fear that we had. We might relate it to some trauma that we had. But when we don't understand the nature of thought, we're going to think that that's real and we're going to think that we need to fix that. And when we do understand how the nature of thought works, which is really just basic of it, is that it fades. It comes in and it fades. Then we're less likely to try and fix that thought and you can experience it without being scared. Mm. Example for that would be if I'm experiencing, I still experience some of my past and it comes into my, you know, into my head and I go, oh God, I'm not feeling good about that or I was feeling really guilty about what I did. And before I would go in a spin, like, oh God, Shanann, you did all this stuff. And yeah. it would mess up my day, you know? Yeah. And it would really mess up my conversations. I wouldn't be present in my relationships or for that day. And after understanding this, I can understand that I'm experiencing thought that is, um, my memory is coming to me via the nature of thought. And that's all that's happening. So I don't need to be scared of it. It will leave when it leaves. And when, when, I, when I can see that, I can allow it to do its thing. Because it still does its thing. Like it, sure. Because I have this understanding, it doesn't mean I'm not fearful, stressful, guilty, shameful. Those thoughts still come in, insecurity, everything. But now, they don't, they don't have that much value. I don't give them that much respect. Yes. Right? So yes. they tend to leave faster. And I get to do what I want to do throughout, during the day. And I'm more present into reality and less into my head, um, engaging with my thoughts. I, I, I was just thinking, Shanann, like that, that's such a good point because so many people, when they have these thoughts of worry or anxiety or whatever, that really takes over. And you just said it, I, that helps me to be present because so many things that we think about or worry about don't even have any merit. If you really, I mean, they play out and everything always kind of works out the way it should and, um, but we spend so much time worrying about things that really, if you, if you knew the outcome, there's not even any point to worrying about it. So I like what you said there about being present. And um, yeah. you also, uh, we were talking about just, uh, you know, Brandy said about 40,000 positive thoughts a day. And 
I can I can confirm that she is the happiest person <laughs> I've ever met. <laughs> always positive, no matter what. Um, uh, she can always, in any situation around. Come on, almost always. <laughs> almost always, but for for any like, especially I was thinking, you know, so many of our listeners now, um, summer's ended. They're going back to school. That brings up a lot of anxious thoughts, a lot of stress, a lot of uh, fear for for people who are. Yeah, I mean, you said you were bullied too. I was bullied in school, um, you know, and that's not a fun time for people. So, how would you suggest that you know th- this whole thought process? Uh, and and by the way, I was going to say like um, when everybody gets those thoughts and those like I th- I think you kind of said they're uncontrollable how they come in. It's what we do with those thoughts yes. that really make them positive or negative or and and for us to you know to get a negative thought is is probably natural and common it's what we do with that thought we take it saying no that's not good I'm going to dismiss that I'm going to choose to think about other things and I think a lot of that correct me if I'm wrong but does a lot of that have to do uh, with some perspective as well I mean and and I think we're just we have to go to a break, but maybe when we come back we can talk about that. Is sure. you know, I see a lot of people that like Brandy. Brandy's very optimistic, positive. I think I'm the same way. Um and we always know that, you know, you don't have to look very far to find someone who's a lot worse off than you. So these complaining um or or thoughts of of oh, you know, this is ridiculous or <laughs> I, I deserve better or whatever. It's really a perspective issue, and you look at it and go, "I'm, I'm very, very blessed. I'm very lucky right now." So, um, maybe we can come back after the break. I think we got to go to a break, and um, and we can talk about that. I'd love to find out how you would suggest just to simplify your life, make it more peaceful, controlling these thoughts. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, right, so Brandy, people, time for right. a break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sweet. We'll be right back, everyone. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best 
freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I like how Brandy said it after the first break. She said, I don't know if you caught this, Brandy. I laughed. You said, we're back with Shanann again. Yeah. <laughs> that did. That sounded like shenanigans. Shanann like caught it. that. <laughs> so, Mr. Shenanigan, welcome back. Um, <laughs> and we're having a great conversation about thoughts. And just before the break, I was asking, um, or we were just talking about the whole uh, issue of perspective and um kind of controlling your thoughts again you mentioned uh thoughts come and go and we don't really have any part in that but it's when you uh meditate on a thought or what you do with the thought that really matters um you take the bad ones you throw them away you process it get rid of it whatever but how would you um suggest for for our listeners for all of us just to improve um, our thought life and simplify our thought life because so many people I think are inundated with thoughts and they don't know how to process them and you know it becomes very almost tormenting um, how would you suggest that you could just control that to make it a more simplified peaceful kind of life or process yeah good question um, you know the best way I have found to be is that the the more you look in the direction of how thought actually works, then you get a deeper understanding of it. And as we get a deeper understanding of it, uh, we start to realize um, that we have the choice to act on the helpful thoughts and not to act on the unhelpful ones. So really the key is to understand it more and more and more. And the reason I say that is because we all have this innate health system inside of us that is completely resilient, but we're, we don't trust it. We're, we're, we have, it's so subtle that we've overlooked it. And when we can just realize that we do have the best common sense to actually decipher from the unhelpful and helpful thoughts, then we will automatically choose the helpful ones. So in other words, you will do things that make sense to you, right? Everyone is at their own level of consciousness and everyone's doing things that make sense to them. So if somebody is behind bars for murder, something inside of them in that moment they committed the crime made sense to them to do what they did. 
And and I'm sure that if you talk to any one of those guys now, they, they would go, well, I shouldn't have done that. I was just having an angry feeling, angry thought. Right? But if somebody can understand that they're having an angry feeling and angry thought, they're less likely to act on it because they're, they're, they can understand more of how thought works. Somebody who doesn't understand that will think that it's coming from outside of them, then they'll act on it. Hmm. So how do you control that? To, uh, to your question is um, first of all I don't see I, I don't think it's possible to control your thoughts it's only possible to control how you react to your thoughts yeah. so if you engage engage less with the negative thoughts if you want to call it that and, and engage just means reacting to them or doing something to try and make them leave. Because even us trying to get rid of them is engaging with them, right? But if we can just see that, oh, it's just a thought. I'm having a really negative thought right now. I'm feeling down in the dumps right now. And do nothing about it, it will go back to self-correcting itself. And when you have a positive thought, it's the same. If you don't act on it, it also fades. So if you want to act on something that's really... a thought that you're having that's giving you this really cool feeling, inspirational feeling, and, oh, I have this idea, I should start this business, or I should do this with my business, or I should do this with my relationship, or I should surprise my girlfriend or boyfriend like this. That's a cool thought. You want to act on that thought. And that's kind of the only control we have as human beings in life, is which thoughts do we act on and which ones we don't act on. And the better we get at that, the more it will show up in our physical reality, right? So if I'm acting on my good thoughts 70% of the time, my external world, my physical reality is going to look pretty good. I'm going to look successful with a good relationship, good health, because I'm going to act on all the good thoughts 70%, 80% of the time. And if I don't know how that works, then I might be at 30% or 50%. Again, my life is a great example of that. 10 years of my life were spent reacting to negative thoughts and then that kind of came into my physical reality and that's what I was living into. So I'm thinking we only have three minutes left until the end of the show. Man, how an hour flies. But I'm thinking about myself. Those 10,000 thoughts that I have that are negative, I'd say about 50 of them are quite evil in a day. I'm an extremely passionate person, and uh, I my thoughts are very, very intense. Uh, that's I come from a place of love 99.9% of the time with everything I think, do, feel, etc. But there's sometimes when I look at a group of people that are, you know, they're not bad people, but they just haven't done anything positive in their entire lives to contribute to society. And I look at them all and go, if you just went poof off the face of the planet, it wouldn't matter because no one would miss you. And that literally is a sick thought in my mind. And I quickly dismiss that and go, oh, Brandy, be compassionate, be empathetic. You don't know what they've been through. But honest to God, sometimes I have some feelings, and I know a lot of our listeners struggle with depression, and sometimes depression can lead you to some pretty scary thoughts of self-harm and harming others. So we only have two minutes left, but if you could give one little technique or token to pull away from those scary, evil, negative thoughts and maybe take a deep breath, what would that be for our listeners? A technique or token? um, The best technique I can suggest to anyone is to look more into the direction of their own thinking because that's where their goal is. Mm-hmm. It's not in me. It's not that you should believe what I say. It's not that you should go out looking for it. Um, and most people do that. I did that for years. 
But if you just look more and more in the direction of your thinking, you will start to see the illusory nature of thought and how it works. And then the implications of that will be that it, it's you're automatically going to react on the ones that are going to feel good. Yeah. Because they make more sense. And then when you do that, you will have more evidence of how it works. So you will look more in the direction and you will do that again. And therefore, you are self-sustainable at that point. Right? Mm-hmm. So the more we do that, the more we get out of it. And if you're feeling depressed, um, the best thing I would say is talk to somebody. Don't keep it to yourself. I was really good at going, you know, I'm really depressed. I should stay home and eat pizza all day and do nothing. Yeah. And, you know, that thought just self-perpetuates itself. Talk to people, but also look into the direction of how the depression is created. And when we do that, we'll see that it actually starts, it all starts from thought. All starts from thought. Well, okay, so just before we go, I I just want you to give your uh, contact information to any listeners that might want to follow you on Instagram or Facebook um, or maybe an email, shoot you an email. But I'd love to have you back sometime and maybe I could talk to five or ten of my students and find out what thought they're struggling with on a consistent basis and maybe we can get you to kind of shoot them something and and see how that works. We've even got teachers and parents that listen too, so they might have uh, something like that. So it'd be great to do that kind of live with you on air. But could you tell everyone your uh, Facebook and Instagram and all that and how they can contact you before we leave? Yeah, absolutely. My Instagram is shenan622, S-H-E-N-A-N-622, the numbers. Add me there, follow me there. I share lots of good insights there that people seem to find really helpful. Um, add me on Facebook and start the conversation there. It's Shanann Charania, S-H-E-N-A-N-C-H-A-R-A-N-I-A. Or you could email me at Shanann at com. I'll uh, put all that information up too when your link is published with the recording of this episode. Shanann, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to have you on again. <laughs> I love talking to you. We just had drinks a little while ago together and, and I got to learn more about your brain and I love it. I could keep you on for five episodes. <laughs> I could stay here for that long too. It's been really fun. And I really encourage any of your listeners, if they want to get hold of me, I'm totally open to have any kind of conversation. Um, so my phone's open for them. Thank you so much. All right, we'll see everybody next week. Bye, Kev. Have fun in Oz. Hey, guys. Have a great day. Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. Bye.